0: Hey guys, welcome back. This is Ping. And today's episode is so cool because Hank went to China... When he was 18 19 years old and uh, he shared with us about why he decided to go to China for the gap year after graduating high school and also some first impressions what he did over there and how he met new people or learning a new culture and even learning Mandarin language there in the end he also offers some recommendations for example If one is going to China, maybe try to limit communications or Netflix or that kind of hobbies uh, related to home or native languages. Soak yourself in the new culture. Eliminate those things that can ground you in your comfort zone. So let's get started and give it a listen. Welcome to Chai with Ping. This is Ping Robert. In this podcast, I cover underrepresented and personal stories. Join me with a cup of chai and take a listen. All right, ready? If you
1: want to type notes, you can.
0: But like, I don't want to, you know, sound like the... Oh, like yeah, it comes, it sounds,
1: yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Never mind. Don't do it, Ping.
0: Mm. All righty. So, you ready?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Welcome back to Chai with Ping. My name is Ping Rubber. Thank you so much to listen to my show. And um, if you haven't already, please subscribe me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And I'm also available on Facebook or Instagram. So you can see a lot of updates about the show. And I also run a Mandarin uh, podcast. So if you're interested, the link is in the episode notes. Today we have a special guest. He spent a little time in China, and then he and his wife Haley live in Denver area. And we met at church. And then they have two dogs, Gwen and Cody. That's something very fun about Americans. Dude. <laughs> it's very important to have pets. And then so and uh, he is also a graduate student at Regis University and a dual licensure for counseling and marriage and family therapy we're gonna talk about that later and he also spent a gap year abroad in china and had a lot of fun experiences and interesting thoughts so he's here to share with us let's welcome hank schuier
1: thank you so much for having me
0: <laughs> why, why did you hold
1: well because you were clapping so i didn't want to interrupt you
0: when you're <laughs> you talking <laughs> so welcome so much for taking the time and come to my show
1: well, thank you for having me. Yeah. It's, I'm so excited to be here.
0: And I know that you have so many stories to share, but we only have 15 minutes. So let's just dive right in. Why don't you tell us and our listeners a little bit about your background?
1: Yeah. So currently I work as a administrative assistant for new home staffing. Um, and my wife uh, works as a software developer for Awana. Huh. And we both live in the Denver area. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, in, in between high school and college, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And so um, through a long string of events, I ended up in China. Mm. And uh, yeah, I can talk more about that. But uh, it gave me a passion and a love for Chinese language, culture, and the people and the food and just everything about it.
0: Yeah. Are, is Colorado
1: home for you? No, yeah. uh, Illinois is home. Ooh. So the Chicagoland area Wow, is where I grew up.
0: Yeah. And Haley
1: as well. Haley grew up in Central Illinois, okay. so in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois, and we met at school. So we met up halfway in between yeah. where we both grew up in Illinois. Wow.
0: Okay. So after college, you guys decided to go to China.
1: Yeah. After college, we were asked to consider going for a couple years, yeah. and so we had planned out a trip yeah. to go to see see what things could look like. And mm. um, so we spent two weeks. In the spring of 2018, okay, uh, in April of 2018,
0: Hmm. I heard it's a lot harder to for foreigners go again in China right now. So how did you get there? I mean, by what kind of visa? Were you working there? No,
1: it was uh, well, in 2013 or 2018, with Haley or without Haley with haley let's let's focus yeah. on that <laughs> so with haley we just applied for the general 10-year mul- multiple entry um uh, tourist visa okay and the person the agency that we went through said just apply for the 10-year one you usually get approved so okay so yeah we have a 10-year visa yeah. but it's only i think 30 days so that's interesting. Oh, so, so that s- was
0: just a short visit.
1: It might be 90 days now okay. that I'm thinking about it, but it was very short. Yeah, it's yeah, shorter yeah. than okay. some multiple entry visas.
0: Okay, got it. So, but was it the time that you started your gap year? Mm-mm. or it, So why was it so short?
1: Hmm. Why was it so short for the 2018? Yeah. Um, we just only had so much time that we could take off of work to mm. go to go visit, okay. um, and then we had to be back in time. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah,
0: got it. Cool. And then, so after the A- twenty eighteen, you went back again.
1: When was it? No, no. so that was it. No, that was oh, no. So okay. my gap year was in twenty thirteen. So that was without Haley.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're probably going to focus on 2013. Yes. Okay, now I get mm-hmm. it. Wow. All right, cool. So, huh. Okay. So, why did you end up in China?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm very good at dodging situations or diverting attention or Telling people what they want to hear. Yeah. So towards the end of my senior year. Okay. People are always asking you, okay, so where are you going to college? Yeah. And I was very good at just give them, give them whatever they want, <laughs> tell them whatever they want yeah. and then they'll, and then they'll leave you alone. When the reality was I didn't have a plan. And this one uh, friend of mine, um, we got lunch and she saw through all of the, all the garbage that I was giving her. Yeah. And she said, but like, what's your plan? And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go to community college or something. And she said, you know what you should do? You should take six months off and, like, save up money. And then six months you should spend in Africa. And I think that would be really cool if you took a gap year. Okay. And so I tried looking through some different business agencies to to go to Africa. And that wasn't panning out. And it was June... And I was like, I need to get my act together. Yeah. And so I applied to two business agencies. And the first one said, hey, we really like your profile, but we have an age requirement of 20 and you're 18, yeah. so we can't accept you. But you should talk to the second business agency that I had applied to. Okay. And I was like, great. And they're like, you should talk to the recruiter. His name's Josh. Josh. Yeah. And then the second business agency got back to me and they said, hey, yeah. you should talk to our recruiter named Josh. <laughs> Two days before I'm supposed to talk to Josh, yeah. he uh, I was hanging out with my friend, and he said, "Hey, I'm gonna get ankle surgery on both of my ankles. I'm gonna be on bed rest for a while. I'm gonna mm-hmm. have to take a semester off school. Do you want to learn Rosetta Stone Mandarin Chinese with me?" And I was like, "Oh, that'd be like kind of fun <laughs> and like interesting yeah. and different." Yeah. And then I'm talking to Josh, and I'm explaining to him, you know, my background and what I want to do, yeah. like in regards to a gap year. And he said, well, do you want to go anywhere specifically? And I said, well, I would like to go somewhere that's a little bit cheaper because I'm a high school student, mm-hmm. so I don't have a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll leave it open because in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, you should do Africa. But I was like, let's just, you know, let's just see what happens. Yeah. And so Josh said, well, since you don't have like a, a major that you're coming in with, like nursing or multimedia, yeah. um, you, it sounds like you want something that's a little bit more tailored to you. Mm-hmm. And we have this couple that does that in mm-hmm. South Central China. Yeah. And I said, oh, Josh, like, what do they speak in South Central China? And he said, well, there's like a lot of local dialects, but for the most part, they speak Mandarin. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> Looks like I'm going to China. <laughs> uh, so that's how, that's how I ended up in China. Yeah.
0: Wow. How long was that?
1: So that was for six months. So that was from January of 2013 to about June of
0: yeah. 2013. I couldn't imagine you probably didn't have any idea how china would look
1: like no 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 not at all and it was hard like leading up to it i worked two really awful jobs before going okay and so i'm taking out trash um into a dumpster okay and it's like 90 degrees outside and it's humid okay and it's just awful and i'm like China better be worth it. Yeah, I know cause, cause or anything can so, This is so terrible. Oh my goodness! What if it? What if it's bad? Or yeah. what if I have a bad experience? So ah,
0: okay. So you took a flight and then just landed there. Where did mm-hmm. you
1: land? So first, I landed in Thailand for about two weeks for a conference, okay. and then we um, to save money we flew from Bangkok to Hong Kong okay. and then took the subway station from Hong Kong to Shenzhen, Shenzhen yeah,
0: yeah, and then yeah. we
1: took a overnight bus from Shenzhen to uh, Nanning in Guangxi okay. province and so 16 and a half hours yeah, yeah. I think wow you really didn't work?
0: have much money <laughs> well
1: <laughs> I think it was just to cut corners we probably could have flown and then there was, so it was me, yeah, another guy okay. And a, and a girl.
0: Okay.
1: And the girl and I had talked later, and she had said, if we could do that over, I yeah. would have just flown and, and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and paid the extra money. So
0: <laughs> Because, like, wow, that's a lot of trips. It's like, like, jet lag was there as well, mm-hmm. and you must be super tired mm-hmm. when you get there. What was your destination? Was it? It's probably not Beijing, is it?
1: mm No. So, our destination was uh, Baise. Okay. In the Guangxi province, so it's about. Mm, it's so different now. as high-speed trains because usually you would say it's a three-hour train ride from Nanning, yeah. the capital. Yeah. But I'd say I think it's like an hour.
0: Yeah.
1: Via bullet train. Okay. Um. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah.
0: What was your first impression?
1: First impression of China mm. was, um, I had some issues with going to the bathroom and so, and medically we had to try and figure that out while I was there, but, so I come in, and I realize on the bus, on the overnight bus, that we don't have a bathroom on it, so it's just whenever we stop, mm-hmm. and so I was like, okay, I guess I'm just gonna hold it yeah. so I fell asleep, and then, and that's pretty at like 10pm, and then uh, my friend woke me up at like 2am, yeah. and said, okay, we gotta go to the bathroom okay. and so I'm like, really tired I'm really jet lagged, I have like Issues like going to the bathroom, yeah, 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 yeah. and I just walk in, and then I go to the other bathroom, and I'm like, "There's no paper in here."
0: Yeah, that's
1: what? right. What? Why, Why yeah. is there no paper? You and gotta then,
0: prepare your own tissue paper. And then, like,
1: <laughs> so that came out. And my friend was like lucky enough to like he bought some paper for me and gave yeah. it to me, but I was like, "What?" I, so that was my <laughs> that was my very first impression of China. Yeah, um, but it got it got significantly.
0: Yeah. Better wow. after that. Okay. How long did you take for you to kind of, like, wrap your head around? It's like, okay, I'm finally here in mm. Guangxi. Because mm. I felt like the whole environment shift drastically. Mm. It's just like, when I came here, I'm like, the whole street, the whole system is different. The mm-hmm. People look very different. Mm-hmm. And it took about one week for me to really settle. It's like, okay, I am in Denver now.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think I think it was one of those things where you didn't you didn't notice because everything was going so fast. Yeah, so it kind of happened over time. Okay. and I don't think I realized that I'd settled into Chinese culture mm-hmm. until I had had to renew my visa. So mm-hmm. I had a ninety day multiple injury business visa that's right so i took a sleeper train from guangxi to shenzhen okay and then went to hong kong and spent a couple days there yeah and then it wasn't until i got into hong kong that i'm like oh this is not china i miss china a lot and so it made (laughs) me just like really really desire um just lots of different things whether it was food or familiarity with uh street signs and people talking to each other and um, the different things that you would see yeah. um, so I, I missed all of that the, as soon as I was in Hong Kong it just felt mm. I think the other thing about that trip was I don't like traveling by myself it's very lonely uh, so okay. I, I like traveling with people yeah. I think that the, the double side to that is sometimes when you travel with people They have like, they maybe want to do some things that you don't want to do, and that can be very annoying. Yeah, yeah, but I think I would take that over traveling by myself because that's it can be very lonely.
0: I don't like traveling alone Mm -hmm. as well. I did that in Austria, it's so boring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then it's just like, there's I see things as new, but no one I can talk to. Yes, yes, and everyone's in their own group, and I look at them, I'm like, why am I? Yes. It's beautiful, though. Yes. It's like, Vienna is very, very beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Wow, okay. So, after... You already talked about renewing a visa. Then, in between those 90 days, what did you do?
1: Mm. Yeah, so, one of my first projects was going into the countryside. Yeah. um, To... It was probably... mm, It was a... Village that was, or not a village, I guess it would be considered a town. I was surrounded by villages that were in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the middle school students had never played soccer before mm-hmm. because they never had flat land to play on. And um, so I came in and I didn't teach English. I did cultural exchange because I didn't have a, a license or a, yeah. a, a teaching degree. Yeah. And um, so I did cultural exchange and it was just a mix of English and soccer. Yeah. So I do that once a week. Okay. And then so that would be in the mornings, and then after lunch, yeah. or sometimes during lunch, yeah. um, I would take a GPS Garmin tracker, mm-hmm. and I'd go out into the mountains where the where the students lived, and so I would track with the GPS tracker the different trails that surrounded the, the town. Yeah. And so with that, we were able to kind of develop Pa uh, ditu the hiking mm-hmm. map.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Yeah. So th- th- do they hike at all? Uh, who <laughs> the the students? Mm. Or it's just kind of a daily commute?
1: I think it's more of a, a weekend commute. So they'll okay. come in, they'll come down probably on Sunday, yeah. and then they'll spend the week there, and then they'll go up maybe on Friday or Saturday and oh, go back to their homes. Um, but I wouldn't say that they would consider it a hike. Yeah, I think it was mainly um, one of the teachers that was our connection to the school. Yeah. Um, one of my fellow interns would come with me a lot because she would also she would just um cultural exchange English and the classes mm-hmm. um so she would teach different classes unofficially yeah. um and then we would we had two uh groups from America come in yeah. or from the U.S. that came in and uh we we did some hiking with them in that area as well
0: ah so that's when the the map was handy
1: yeah, yeah, how I would you, say so.
0: Yeah, but how do you make it? Do you use an app to mark whatever trail that you have walked?
1: Yeah, so you use, I think Garmin had some sort of program or software that allowed yeah. you to to put it down on paper. Yeah. And then we just started kind of putting it together, and we started pulling together different holidays of the area, different, uh, you know, weather patterns. Yeah. So just information about how to get to the different trails and yeah, things like yeah, that yeah. was also included on the map. Ooh. So, and we included it in both English and Chinese.
0: That is so cool. Mm-hmm. And so, did you use that to just uh, you know introduce friends? In it was
1: it was mainly just a, a piece to to sell in our coffee house as like a like a tourism product.
0: Okay. Them. So yeah. Tell me more about what, what, selling something? Okay, more and more interesting now. So what is the coffee
1: hub? Yeah, so our umbrella company is Foresight Consulting and Cultural Tourism. Okay. And then underneath that, there's lots of different Mm sub-companies. So one of the sub-companies is the Firefly Coffee House. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's open in the evenings from Thursdays to Sundays. And so, there's usually a, a presentation every night. Yeah. Um, I think they've evolved it into Saturdays being for kids. So, parents that want their, their kids to learn more and more English, yeah. they have little programs for them that they can do. Got it. Um, but it, it was uh, a lot of um, either um, people that wanted to be more western uh, English majors mm-hmm. or minors yeah. or uh, business people that wanted to practice their English would come in yeah. and they could talk to foreigners yeah. or they could hear uh, presentations about things that went on in America yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. so on and oh. so forth. Yeah. Like
0: an English corner.
1: Yes, exactly like yeah. that but in a coffee house setting.
0: Every night?
1: From Thursday to Sunday, yes.
0: Wow, okay. And then otherwise it's just like a regular coffee. It, it Was the coffee house run by one of you guys or?
1: So it was run by I'm trying to think It wasn't run by anybody in foresight, so we would hire we would hire local people to run it.
0: Got it. Okay, Mm
1: -hmm. and they would also like have an interest in English and so on and so forth.
0: Okay, what did you remember? What is so special? Like, if there's a guy or a student who came in, and Mm. the the special memory about them.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think it would probably be my friend Mark. Um, So I met him because. I had expressed interest in learning Kung Fu. Mm. And they said, we have a... we have a,
0: Kung Fu master. We
1: have a Kung Fu master. <laughs> he, he is a... I think he was in middle school or early high school. Mm. Um, and they said, he comes a lot. We will introduce you. So I think it was like maybe within the first couple weeks yeah. that I was there, we introduced. He's like, wow, you are so tall. So then we taught... He taught me maybe uh, a couple of movements... And then he said, Hank, I don't know if I can teach you, because on my grandfather's deathbed, or great-grandfather's deathbed, he told my dad that we can't teach it to anybody outside the family or any foreigners. Okay. And so I thought, in that moment, I am never going to speak to this person again, because we can't can't talk. Yeah. Um, But he actually ended up being my best friend while I was there, so he invited me. Mm -hmm. To come to his PE classes, yeah, yeah. he invited me to come to his class outside of PE, and I talked yeah. about different things in America. Yeah. three things you should eat, three places you should visit, yeah, three yeah, things yeah. that you should do. Um, I talked to, and we, yeah, we hung out, we hung out a lot, and just got to, got to talk about different things. And yeah. so, and I still talk to him today. So,
0: how old was he?
1: So he's probably because
0: you were eighteen.
1: I was I was nineteen by yeah. that point. So, I turned 19 on Chinese New Year Okay. Um, when I came in, which is mm-hmm. awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and he was maybe 15 or 16, I okay. would say.
0: Like a Didi.
1: Mm-hmm. Ah, no, exactly. Okay.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. What are the other experience that you had, which is, like, so memorable? You still kind of keep in your heart that when you think of China or Guangxi or just... You
1: know, that gap year you will share with other people. Mm, mm. I'd always talk about Bao because mm-hmm. it's just, it's the best. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It, it's, when I was explaining it to Haley, she thought I was very being silly Yeah. she's like no this is going to be really gross because it's i think Americans think of or people in the US when they think of a breakfast they think of sweet yeah. they don't always think of savory yeah yeah um, and so when i explained that it was a savory sort of dish bun. yeah bun With she said things. Yeah. she said no this is going to be gross yeah. but now when we talk about it she she gets very emotional because she misses it very much so she she also loves it a lot.
0: Uh, okay, I, mm-hmm. I can talk you off the show a lot about how to get baozi over here. Mm, yeah, okay. Some people are selling it online, and it's easy to get them. You just order directly. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, mm. and you can surprise her. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not after this episode is released. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Baozi.
1: So I'd say that's a food. Yeah. That and uh, sweet and sour pork. Mm -hmm. also also take me back um we would also go to uh like a it was a a muslim run restaurant so and we would get and it was like the really thick noodle yes that's that's also like wow that's also very let's
0: just pause a little bit because i don't think all the listeners know what we're talking about baozi is a steamed bun it's like a white bun with stuffing in there. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your favorite flavor? Your Ooh, mm-hmm. Okay, so so Hank likes beef in there mm-hmm. And then what was that? Tao Xiao is like a knife shaved noodle. So the noodle looks like a little wedges. Yeah. Did you say that? Yeah. yeah, that's a
1: good way of saying it. So
0: how, how people make it, the chef will usually take a whole bunch of dough in their hand and they'll have a knife. I don't know what kind of knife that, that is, but they will shave it right into the boiling water. And so it's just, yeah. Let's think about, I don't know what are the equivalent to that. So it's like shaved small pieces of noodles in there and then in a the pot and then you take it out. And what do you want uh, like to eat with it?
1: Soupy uh, or not soupy? And soupy, soupy okay. I think we usually do Ooh, potato
0: Ooh, d- potato and beef. Mm. Great. Mm. Awesome. Wow.
1: Because
0: mm. mm. I grew up in Taiwan, so that's a very Chinese dish. Mm. And then I grew up in, in, in Taiwan, Southern Taiwan, which is like also a kind of a concentrate of... We call them outer province people. So, hmm. my both side of my grandparents came from China. So, they live together as the in the um, navy base, hmm. and then there are villages for those uh, military people. Hmm. So, then around those villages, there was a one Dao Xiao Mian restaurant. Hmm. So that's how I know how people make Dao Xiao Mian because usually uh, people are at a back of in the kitchen. So we don't know how to, but that one is so special because they just shave it on the side of street (laughs) Mm. i didn't used to like it but now i think of it i miss that you know that home flavor and also just the whole atmosphere like where my grandparents are from and whenever Mm. we go and we take noodles to them and or we eat there it's mm. Mm. yeah okay cool all right let me put myself together okay all right you talk about selling
1: the hiking map. hmm And then
0: you guys also developed some postcards?
1: Mm-hmm. What so, was that about? So when I was there, one of my coworkers before I left said, take lots of pictures. And so I bought, like, a very low-budget point-and-shoot camera, which mm. actually was really good. Yeah. Because when you're out in the countryside, yeah. everybody's staring at you because yes. you're a foreigner. Yes. And you look you look very different. Yes. And so with the point-and-shoot camera... I was able to hold it down at my waist, and I would just take pictures of people. Yeah. And I think it made it less uh, awkward or uncomfortable or embarrassing. Yeah. Um, because then they didn't even know the picture was being taken. Yeah. Because it wasn't very loud. It was very small. Mm. Um, but I ended up taking over 6,000 photos and videos um, oh, while wow. I was there. Wow. And so I just gained this collection, and then my roommates and I were talking about... You know, what if we, you know, developed postcards yeah. and then we could sell those in the coffee house? Yeah. But they would have to be of uh, things in Baisa. Yeah. So we just made sure that we found some nature and found some environments yeah. or s- found some really cool things yeah. that could be on a postcard and kind of develop those. Um, and then the calendar, know, yeah. the, the, <laughs> the calendar didn't come together. We, we, we had lots of photos for it. I just don't think anybody had, uh, you know, the drive yeah. to finish that one. But, uh-huh. yeah.
0: Okay, How did the postcards sell? I mean, mm-hmm. because they're local people, right? Mm-hmm. So would they buy them?
1: I don't know. I don't okay. know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, I would say it was mainly for the people that were visiting from yeah. out of town. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. and maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's the aspect of like, oh, this was taken by a foreigner. So maybe there would be some, some different, differential in... This is taken in local or this is taken by a foreigner Mm. that might have been Mm. attached to it. I don't know.
0: Okay, cool. I think being a foreigner in China is very different like being a foreigner here Mm. in the U.S. Did they treat you differently? Was there any example that they treat you so differently and you were like, oh.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. So you're always um, either being stared at. I was followed a couple times, and I didn't know I was being followed, so, like, I was new to, like, the store that we would buy groceries at, Yeah. and you had to take an escalator up, but I didn't know where the escalator was, and so one time I went to the wrong escalator, so the one that was coming down, not up, and I turn around, and there's, like, a group of, like, probably seven, maybe, high school students that are following me, Um, and they turn around, (laughs) and they run, they scatter in different directions. um... Lots of people taking photos of you. Um, There was one forum, uh, local forum post that got shared with me. And that was me and my two friends. And so they said the title was, there was an empty seat with the foreigners. I should have hopped on for the ride was the the description. (laughs) Um, And you can see, so they posted like a dozen. And you can see me. Seeing the person taking photos of us, and then you can see me talking to my friends and like getting angry about Ooh. it. Um, not that it's like, um, not that it, it wasn't the end of the world. I would say it, and it wouldn't necessarily make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's just like I don't know. You don't have to do that, or you can ask for a photo. Ah, so
0: you'll feel so much better when they ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, or I think they can I take pictures with you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. oh okay
1: so i'd say that was different um i would say the difference between um and it, it stinks it stinks for both sides so if a foreigner is in china they want to practice their english and so a lot of people will um go out of their way to try and like talk to you whereas if a foreigner comes to america a lot of them don't speak other languages and so they just kind of expect you to know English and then they get frustrated with you when you don't. Yeah. Which is just really really a terrible tragedy that kind of occurs. Mm -hmm. And it and it doesn't help the foreigner in China that's trying to learn Mandarin. Oh totally. Because now all these people want to speak English with you and and become more Western and practice and that's okay. It's just it's easy for you to lean on that and to not learn your language
0: hmm i think it's also challenging because sometimes the kids who have a little better english than than you know your mandarin because you're mm-hmm. also learning but their level is higher yes. so then you kind of just like all right 100 yeah 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 so and and they i they probably don't know how to talk to to mandarin students in a slower yes
1: pace, right
0: mm-hmm. w- was that a frustration for you when you're learning
1: I like think a little bit. Yeah. I think I did a lot of, like, fake it till you make it. <laughs> Whereas, like, a lot of people would give up and they would just say, well, tinkbo dong. Mm. And I was like, no, I, like, I really want to figure it out. So, like, there was one trip coming back from Guilin. Um, It was me, uh, one of my fellow interns, and then uh, one of the girls that worked at the coffee house. Mm. So we went with her to Guilin because she hadn't seen her family in a while. And she said, hey, I will give you like the grand tour and I'll translate for you because everybody wants to go to Guilin." And so we said, okay, we'll go. Um, And so we're sitting on this train and I think everybody else fell asleep except for me and these two Chinese boys who are, their dad is standing kind of like in the back and like the in-between section of the trains. um, And they're sitting down with us and we're playing cards. And I think we played cards for like an hour and a half and I had been able to use my man- my very limited Mandarin to the point where like I could play cards with them and they didn't know I couldn't speak Mandarin or under- understand what they were saying So after my intern friend woke up and then she explained oh like we don't know and she was just easy to give up and I was like I just think that there's you can gain so much from like just faking it and just like going along and picking up on what they're saying repeating things back to them yeah. and mirroring it mm-hmm. so, though yeah. tip yeah I think it can get you in trouble though like if you just keep saying like like ha ha or something like, <laughs> like like this one guy I heard the story that this one guy kept saying that yeah. one foreigner and he was talking to an older gentleman and then when somebody came in that knew Mandarin, they explained to the foreigner oh, he's trying to like marry you off to his daughter. And he's like, oh, oh so like Did that's I
0: accidentally, the, the, say yes. yes, yes no. <laughs>
1: so like that's that's the two sides of that coin. Yeah. I think that you need to definitely exercise caution. Yeah. But I, I think I think giving up too easily is, uh, I don't know, it takes the fun out of it.
0: was there a moment that you have kind of a mindset shift because I feel like a lot of people who come out of their comfort zone and they start thinking about the other side of people Mm. for example for me when I went outside and I realized okay when I was in Austria I couldn't speak that much German I became more understanding of foreign students in Taiwan I really want to just be there and support them so I'll always approach those people who are struggling Mm. and then you know I'll take extra step to, to approach them even they sometimes don't need me. Mm. Um, was there any moment that you had that shift of mindset, mm. or you start living differently?
1: Mm. <sighs> this is such a good question. Um, I don't think that it happened while I was over there. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have. Yeah. Uh, I think I just it it became very real how little I know of a language how bad i am at learning languages mm. and then it gave me so much more respect for people that would come over to the u.s yeah and that were struggling with english but yeah. i was like that's okay so like for instance one thought that i had on like the plane ride back there's this old older 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 gentleman yeah. that uh, probably didn't speak much english and he was being told to go sit in his seat yeah. and he, but he had to go to the bathroom Yay. and so yeah. like the the people that are working on the plane are the stewardi- steward and stewardesses are trying to get them to sit back down and I was like they need to like require language learning for yes. the people that work on the plane so that yeah. they can talk to them in their language mm. and I realized that's probably a very you know hard task because of all the things that come in all the different languages and you can't yeah. predict everybody that's going to be on the plane but yeah. I think I felt very strongly about that and then through I think the coffee house, I think I definitely spoke English way too fast <laughs> at the beginning. Right? And yeah. I learned and I learned to slow down mm. and simplify. Yes. Like choose choose more basic words. Um, and, and be able to communicate much clearly or in a in a more clearer fashion with yeah. people that that maybe didn't have as advanced or maybe intermediate English yeah. level. Um, and there were there were times so like there was one there's one guy that was giving a talk um, and he was from Turkey yeah. and his English was a little broken mm-hmm. and so my mom had to ask me like multiple times while he was speaking like oh what is he saying now and so I think that that helped with like listening listening to, to what the to people that do not maybe English isn't their first language but they're they're doing their best to to try mm-hmm. uh, you yeah.
0: yeah I think I gained that tolerance as well mm-hmm. just like not to listen for perfect English, yes. but just to get a gist of it. Because, like, grammar is, is so complex. And yes. then when we work with international students, it's probably the message is more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. Yeah. What are the biggest lessons
1: that mm. you had
0: in the time in China?
1: Mm. I think... Um the first one, my, so we were walking in the streets of Guilin um, with, um, my, my friend Kaylee, who's our, my fellow intern. Mm. Uh, I was really, <sighs> so when Kaylee and I were in orientation, we had to do a, um, we had to do an exercise where we had to eat chili with cardboard sleeves. So you couldn't bend your arms to eat chili. So the purpose of the the meal okay. was to feed each other.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, chili. Mm-hmm. And so then we came back to to debrief and to say, you know, you're going to be in another country. You're not going to speak the language. Yeah. You need to get used to this idea yeah. of you're not going to you're going to need to be helped. A lot of people are going to have to do things for you, and you have to be. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. But you have to like start getting used to it. And she says. Um, you know, I was really demoralized because I was fed by a man. And so everybody in the room laughed. Okay. And then and I was laughing, and then she started crying. And then I thought, I felt bad and ashamed because yeah. cause she's hurt. But then I was like, wait, no. It's okay. Because, like, that was very funny yeah. for me in that moment.
0: Yeah.
1: So fast forward, we're both in China. Okay. She doesn't really know what she wants to do, so she just starts attaching... To all of the projects that i'm doing so like i was going to the middle school in the countryside and so then she she attached on to that and i was doing uh language learning and she attached on to my language learning and so i think i was very annoyed uh by her at the beginning but you can only with the language barrier you can only have um so deep of conversations with people either because their english is so limited or your mandarin is so limited and so kaylee was that Um, that relationship that I was able to have that we could have, Hey, like, this is what I'm struggling with, with the team, or this is what this person's rubbing me the wrong way. And so we were, we were talking about, you know, missing home and whether or not we missed home, Mm. what did we, when do we want to go back? Mm. And we were walking in these streets and I'm like, this just feels so natural. And I don't know if I want to go back. And so, in that moment, I decided, okay, I'm, I want to live abroad someday. I would like to live abroad in China, somewhere abroad. So, i thought it that was one lesson. Lesson number two is to okay. not write something off. Um, so, like, for instance, my friend Mark, who told me, hey, I can't teach you Kung Fu. Yeah. And then I said, that's it. That relationship's over. And then he ended up being my best friend. Yeah. And Keely. Yeah. I thought she was going to make me tear my hair out. And she ended up being a very close friend yeah. that we were able to process so many things together with. Yeah. And then we take Mandarin. When I, I didn't realize how much Spanish I knew until, <laughs> <laughs> until I came to China. Yeah. And then I realized I know how to say everything that I need yeah. but in Spanish. Hey. So I was so frustrated with the tones and the phonetics. Mm-hmm. It's that first like month and a half that's rough because it's so different yeah. than english yeah and like you think you're saying it right and they're like no you're not saying it right no no <laughs> no try it again and and i was so frustrated that i was like you know what i'm just gonna come back home i'm just gonna learn sp- i'm just gonna speak spanish all the time with yeah. people yeah I who who cares who cares if i learn <laughs> mandarin and um by the end of my time there i was like I love Mandarin so much because there's yeah. no verb change. Ah. And that was the one thing about Spanish I was like, I just, I'm getting lost here. All right? Yeah. Uh, this is starting to become a struggle right now yeah, 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 to yeah, put yeah. it all together in regards to grammar and structure of the sentence. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, I love Mandarin so much. Uh, so don't write something off and, and say like, oh, it's over. I'm not, it's not going to work out.
0: Give it a and, try.
1: Yeah. And then the third thing I think was about, so I was in this age of like, kind of like coming of age of like 18 and 19 mm-hmm figuring out what does it mean to be a quote-unquote man i and i'd seen some other friends that had gone on gap years and gone through different transformations and like breaking through different walls or yeah. different comfort levels and i really wanted that and when i showed up i was 19 and everybody else is like graduated college or they're planning on going to get their master's Mm -hmm. so i'm the youngest by like five years at least with the people that were that were there and that were on my team that were in my age bracket and so everybody's like oh like you're the little brother like the little kid and kind of treat me that way and so i kind of like almost demanded like that people treat me like i'm older you know give it to me (laughs) and i think i think that um like the process of becoming a man is less about demanding respect from people and it's more about earning respect through proving that you can handle responsibilities over time escalating over time so maybe a little bit here and then if you can fulfill this responsibility will continue to give you more and stack up i think that was the third third lesson that i learned third big lesson that i learned was there
0: Is there anything that you start doing differently after you came back? Because, you know, the reverse culture shock could be there.
1: Yeah, I think mm, I, so before I left, I, (laughs) I was driving my car like a maniac and like a high school student. And when I came back, there was just, you have so much time and I didn't have a phone. Like I had a very basic, it wasn't, it didn't even have colors on it. It was black and green. So it was oh, not like a dumb phone. Yeah, it was a very, <laughs> a very dumb. It would last you like a week off of a trip. But it was, and I loved it. Anyways, so you don't have a phone yeah. and you can't always speak to people. So you get a lot of time to think, especially when you're on like a train. Mm-hmm. So I took a trip. So I canceled my flight out from Nanning to Beijing. And so my friend's like, you should just take a sleeper train. Yeah. So I rode for 30 hours from nodding nice. nodding to Beijing. yeah and, um, and you just have so much time to think so that when I ended up in the car I would just go like five sometimes ten miles under the speed limit because yeah. there's just so much to think about um, so I would say that was a big one okay. I would say uh, definitely speaking slower and like simplifying your English and understanding mm. uh, English better from people that maybe don't speak it as their first language I was blown away By being able to order whatever I wanted. So, like, you just kind of, like, learn the characters and learn the words that you need for the meal, and then you just say it. Whereas, when I came back, I was like, I have all of the capabilities of ordering, so I was like, can you swap out waffles for hash browns and I was just blown away (laughs) that I could finally you know say what my preference was for the meal
0: yeah yeah order at your liberty Mm -hmm. yeah oh exactly Ah. it's interesting because you talked about you know limited language Mm -hmm. ability or it's not necessarily to be the most convenient or most comfortable place to be but you still want to go back yes yeah Mm -hmm. what is what is catching your heart
1: hmm Hmm, what a good question. I think um, one, one thing was when I left, I was pretty homesick, like within like the first, I would say the first 24 hours, because my mom made me cry. Mm. And I had had a pretty touching conversation with my grandma before I left. Yeah. And um, so there was a part of me that said, Oh, I don't want to go. Like, and I'm at the airport and I'm about to get on the flight and I'm like, I don't want to go. And I felt like a very deep, deep pain but that pain never came back and one thing one thing that sticks out to me is there's always something happening there's Mm -hmm. almost an adventure every day Mm -hmm. and that didn't come to light until i skyped one of my friends after not talking to him for like a month and a half and maybe seeing him almost every day for like the past like eight months um before leaving and i talked to him I'm like okay so like what's like the top three things that you've done and he was like, "Well, I like bought this video game," and he couldn't think of anything else. And I'm like, <laughs> "And I'm like, I could think of like, you know, ten things I could top that." And that was just this last week. Like, yeah. there's so many things. So it's just like an adventure every day when you're abroad. Mm. Um, I would say uh, the, I think the language, but also the people. Mm. Um, Chinese people are very, very, very welcoming mm. and very. Um, they are very encouraging. They also like, I noticed that there isn't as much of a personal boundary when it comes to conversations. So for instance, like my, it was during my first week where, uh, it's me and my friend John and we are hanging out with his, uh, instructor and he is, we had just been at his house for the nearest. The New Year's meal, and then the next day he was printing out the the pictures at the park, and then he's pointing out each of the family members that are in the picture. And there's crowds of people that are coming up around us who don't know him, who don't know us, but they're just listening to Mister Way talking about his family. And I'm like, in America, this would not happen. Everybody would, would ignore you, yeah, or like, like would, some
0: privacy.
1: Yes, no, and would not like enter like the circle or like get up next to you. Yeah, and they. Ate that was one thing that was very interesting is everybody's a part of the conversation
0: yes there is this culture of I don't even know how to put it in English it's 看热闹. it's like if there's something happening let's just go go Mm. get her and then just look at it that that what is boiling
1: Mm. yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. so hmm, interesting cool Mm. before we end is there anything you want to add? I don't
1: know I don't know you pick you pick (laughs) something I don't know what's that on. (laughs)
0: If you go back, what would you do there? Mm. You work as an intern over there Mm -hmm. before. So, like, what do you imagine yourself to do?
1: Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I'd like to do is offer, like, counseling and therapy Mm -hmm. to to expats that are over there. Because I know that there are a lot of... It's different living abroad. Lots of different stresses and anxieties and pressures that come with living far away from your family and living far away from what's what's quote unquote normal to you Um, the different things that you're going to struggle with mm -hmm. being abroad so I think that's one thing that I'd like to do when I went back Um,
0: what would you say to those people who are about to go to mm -hmm. a place that they have never been they could probably have a culture difference or shock or Mm -hmm. you know that kind of thing how would you approach that?
1: Yeah, I would say, I would say if you could try and, like, limit your communication with people back here as much as you can. Now, I'm not saying don't get support. Okay. like, if you need support, if you need to talk to your family, like, do it. But the less that you can rely on your own language and the more you can start like relying on their language yeah. the the better off you'll be like yeah. just with interacting with people and in soaking up more but soaking up i think would be the second one mm. i think just ask ask lots of questions yeah. just like always observe and like keep your eyes open and like if you can take lots of take lots of pictures of the experiences because what well, might be normal there and it might become normal to yeah. you mm-hmm. while you're there might be drastically different back home and, and it's important as you maybe share that with people and they say oh that's very different mm-hmm. you can begin to process oh that was very different and mm-hmm. how is it different but i would say um try not to lean as heavily on you know your social media or your mm-hmm. your netflix and the things that can kind of keep you grounded in your comfort zone mm-hmm. um and then i would say soak soak up as much as you can yeah. ask as many questions as you can
0: cool awesome Thank you so much for coming to the
1: show. Of course. Thank you for having me, Ping. Yay!
0: Thanks for listening to Try with Ping. If you think someone will benefit from this episode, don't forget to share with them. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you like my show, you can buy me a chai with small gifts. Details are in episode notes. Till next time!